Well, hello, this is Curtis Hill for the Unity Project, and I'm joined here at the AmeriFest uh, by a gentleman who I'd like to introduce you to. This is Drew Lee, and uh, Drew has an amazing story. Um, I, I, and, and Drew, uh, I think I'll just let you start with a little bit of the story. Now, you're here, uh, you're in a wheelchair. I am. And uh, this is not a per uh, this is not how you started out life. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and and where you come from? Uh, yes, uh, Army veteran, uh, right out of high school, joined the Army active duty, just try to be in that benefit after 9-11. Uh, and uh, yeah, got done with that, realized I met a bunch of amazing officers. They uh, said college is a great way to learn things, so I went, did that, came back, joined the Minnesota National Guard, spent 10 years there, and on my last deployment, came back home, started a family. That's when COVID happened, and tried to get done with that. And I was told uh, the VA has has the uh, vaccine right away, so come come and get it. And then um, I did that. Uh, Flu-like symptoms right away. Started to get tingling, numbness, and it turned into complete paralysis. Well, let's let's back up a little bit. Talk a little bit about your. You say you had deployment in ten years. Uh, where were you deployed? Uh, in 2004, I was in Taji, Iraq for a year with Third ID active duty army and then in 2018 to 2019 i was with the minnesota national guard uh, 34th infantry division basically a, c a command level uh deployment to uh kuwait and among other places in the middle east and i would take it that uh, as an active military engagement you were pretty uh, uh engaged person physically yep i was running spartan race well uh, on top of the army two mile uh run push-up sit-ups at the time and then, but I was running Spartan races, uh, Tough Mudder, half marathon, going to the gym five days a week. And you also do rappelling. Yeah. Yep. I think you showed me a picture of that. Well, sky, skydiving. I proposed to my wife. We skydive. Okay, yeah, so, rappelling. So, so rappelling, and, and I, I saw a photograph of you rappelling blindfolded. Oh, that was uh, rock climbing. Rock yep. climbing. Rock climbing with a bunch of amazing veterans. We did a, a guided hike in uh, Colorado of 14,000 feet mountains. Hiking, doing all that, living the elements, and you're and you skydive, so you jump out of a plane willingly, yeah. and you survive. Yeah. So yep. you're you're a physically fit, physically able individual uh, for most of your life. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And I think you were going to the the, the issue of the, the COVID strikes. Uh, you're in the military, and tell us again, um, as COVID strikes, what were your thoughts with regard to COVID, your concerns for COVID? Um, your access to vaccination, your thoughts on that. Just give us some uh, some ideas of what was going on in your mind leading up to your getting a shot. Yeah, I was listening to, I mean, so-called experts and how are the information got to me? And, and you know, I listened to, to, you know, people across the board. You know, I don't just listen to mainstream. I listened to, you know, Ben Shapiro, Tim Pool, you know, everybody, Dr. Robert Malone, as much as I could find them online. Um, all this stuff, and I thought I can protect my family, do what we need to, and then the idea was I have a 74 year old uh, mother and a five month old son at the time, so they said don't you don't want to if you're healthy get it because you don't want to kill grandma, and so did it, and then so you didn't were, pan out. So so you were told or instructed you're following information that says uh, safe and effective that there's a shot Stop out transmission there that will keep the. Uh, Keep the, keep the vax or keep the COVID from either you acquiring it or transferring it to someone else. So you had your reasons for moving forward. Yeah. Did you have any idea or any thought 
that you would be injured as a result of the COVID vaccination? No, no other vaccine I've had in the past, and a lot of them are, were required by the military. No uh, side effects, nothing like that from the, the required anthrax or this or that at basic training. And oh, did, that was fine. And did you get any particular or specific information given to you about any concerns uh, about this particular vaccination? No, it was walk around the VA, sit here, wait here, go to this little booth. Wait, I thought it was going to be more of a medical <laughs> uh, for you know type, but it was, it was open area uh, and just people in like booths and just gave the little jab. Said sit here for 15 minutes and then uh, okay. see you later. So you got a shot. Uh, did you have uh, did you have any concerns or issues or symptoms right away? Flu-like symptoms, I, headache. Uh, how, well, how, how quickly did the flu-like symptoms start? Day after. Day after. Yeah. And that's kind of typical. Yeah, of what a you lot heard. of people. Yep. And I'm like, yep, just like what they're saying, you know, flu stuff. Not prior. unusual. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, time to go back to writing 15-page papers for for grad school for uh, master of business. Only that's not what happened for you. Shortly after having the, the initial flu-like symptoms, what happened next? Uh, it began with stress and just a stressful time, tingling in my fingers. Uh, that's where it starts, I'm told, with uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS is what it's called. Uh, Guillain-Barr, it's very French. They call it the French polio, is what I was told. Um, then in the mus then it started to get more muscular, skeletal. I <laughs> I'm just guessing, I've been told a lot of, I've learned a lot of medical stuff in the last year and a half. Um, and yeah, and then it started to just get worn out, uh, fatigue. But I'm like, oh, it's just uh, grad school and working 40 hours and having a kid. And then it got to a point I told my wife, I'm like, I don't feel good. I don't go to the hospital, like ever. Uh, take me somewhere right now. Was and this a matter of days or weeks or? I'd have to look at the exact timeline. I'm still trying to break that down. I, I had a documentary made about from a local filmographer the videographer to help me understand the, the timeline and stuff. It, it was weeks after. I had symptoms immediately, but it took me, maybe I'm stubborn being a guy, um, it took me like a couple weeks to say, all right, and you go to the hospital, something wrong, tell me what's wrong. Now you had tingling in your in your, in your hands and yep, your Yep, fingertips, I'm, I'm still shaking to this day. And then it started to go up the arm, uh, get in the shoulders. I think it's that when, it, when I really started to feel just my shoulders tighten. And, um, and thighs, and it's like, okay, something's really wrong. My wife took me to the, uh, the emergency room, because it's like, oh, we don't want to pay uh, $6,000 for uh, an ambulance to go a couple miles away. So as she was uh, driving me there, all I could still use are my feet barely, my hands. So I'm texting my, my professors, because this was May, so it's like uh, finals week and stuff. I, I'm turning, I'm telling my professors, hey, Going to the hospital, might be COVID, don't know. I, I might be out for a little bit. Who knows? Because I, I didn't want to get an F, I guess, for for something that I already had completed. Now, when you were in the, when you were in the car, uh, had you experienced complete paralysis or partial paralysis at that point? No, it was partial. It was partial paralysis. It was, it felt like something just taking over my body. So not the whole body, but it was slowly kind of becoming the Tin Man. And, and, Wizard and, were, and were you suspicious of anything at that point? No, I was concentrating on living. I'm just like, I, I need some kind of help. I'm outside my scope of knowledge at this point. Okay. Now you said that at some point you were diagnosed with a particular condition. Can you explain that again? Yep. The doctors ran everything they could at the time in a matter of four hours. Blood work, CAT scan, MRI, more stuff that I couldn't even comprehend. 
and they weren't telling me anything and then they came in and said you have Guillain-Barre syndrome I'm like I, I don't know what that is are you making this up are you, am I being punked right now and it's like, then I'm like okay where's the proof and they're like oh well we don't have any the only way we can do it is to take a spinal tap uh, what do they call it a whatever it was they want to find like spike proteins I guess right and so they did that and then then it was official then they um, then it was it, then it was game on at that point then then all the ex they sent me everywhere to send me into Minneapolis and I was yeah then it was like a life-saving thing they put me in a, uh, a seven-day coma because your coma. condition was worsening yeah what, what was taken? Your condition was worsening at that point. Yes. It, wasn't, it wasn't like you were getting they better. They realized that you had to act, they had to act now, or I would, who knows what would happen. I, I don't even like to think about that. So I had to make a phone call to my mom, my wife's parents, and say, I'm going, they're telling me I have to go into a coma in order to do these treatments, uh, IVIG, intravenous, something, And we didn't cover that. At this time, you were married. Yes. And you're still married. Yes, I'm still married. And you had a small child. Yep, five months old. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. And so, how did you make adjustments in your life at that point? <sighs> All I wanted to do was become a father. Like it was the biggest thing. And then when they said that my son couldn't come in the hospital, in the hospital because of COVID restrictions, and my wife could only come in. She was the only one that could come in, and she could only be there for a certain number of hours a day. So it's just like it just kept getting worse. It so just, just isolated. Yeah. Just yeah. One of my thoughts. I'm not. You ask anybody that knows me. I'm a positive person. Outlook encouraging others and then I just went in my own personal layers of of, of hell like it just yeah the, the the induced coma the intubation I guess it's called like it I it was a dream that I couldn't wake up from like I've had dreams before and I just wake myself up this one's like you're not waking up and then I woke up and it's just now did you say you had a, you, you had an induced coma yeah the, in order to do the IVIG and Plasmapheresis. These are treatments, blood right. treatments. Uh, I had to be under in order to do it. And it, how long was that? Seven days. About a week. About a week. Yeah. Okay. Now, at some point, did the issue come up that these injuries that you received, or this illness that that you developed, had a cause? Well, first of all, I couldn't speak at this time. I had tubes in my mouth, tubes in my neck. And you, still got a, and you still got a scar. Yeah, Is that a scar from Yeah, tracheostomy. Uh, yeah. I'm not the good medical terms. Sure. I'm slowly becoming better. But yeah, yeah, that, that was there for months. And uh, I couldn't speak. All I could do was look. And I looked pretty bad. Um, so what were you told was the was the cause or the basis for this? They said it could be COVID. So as in people got COVID, then got Guillain-Barre syndrome. It, before all this, uh, I guess the likely thing was... Uh, flu and flu shots. So now people with Guillain-Barre are uh, allergic to getting flu vaccines and cold vaccines. Even though every time I go to the doctor, the first check on their list when they look at me say, oh, are you, uh, are you ready for your next uh, cold vaccine, flu shot? And I'm like, uh, are, you, are you encouraging me to get that or are you recommending? And then they're like, oh, wait, hold on. Let me, uh, let me walk that back and actually look at your records and see that I'm, I'm now considered allergic to, to vaccines. And at the time, that wasn't uh, that wasn't something that you were aware of or were told. You no. mentioned they. Who's the they we're talking about? Are we talking about the, the doctors at the VA? At this point, it was it was a Minneapolis hospital okay. company. 
I don't know. I don't know if I should say the name of it right now. And then they um, they got to the point where they they couldn't get me back. They gave me a choice, not choice, but they're like, oh, we could either send you to physical therapy, which I was not ready for. I was still like completely paralyzed, or go to a long-term care. It was this long-term thing where I just sit like a vegetable right. in a bed and whatever. And then either my wife or me came up with ideas like, why don't I go to the VA? I wasn't seen for the VA before. Now, you know? all of these things that you described, these the, this illness, this injury, all of this occurred after you received a shot to ostensibly protect you or guard you from the COVID virus. Guard me. I was told it was going to guard my mom, my 74-year-old mother. Uh, yeah, I, you know. Yeah, and the common thing was get this to stop things. And can you describe what, what kind of conversations did you have with medical personnel regarding um, the actual cause? The, in other words, did the question come up? Uh, was this caused by the vaccine? I asked that in so, correctly and indirectly and in all these different ways. And doctors would either say, "Well, we don't know. It could be this. Could be that," or the ones that had an inkling about it, or maybe that's not the right word, but had an idea that this could be the vaccine, they wouldn't say it. They, they wouldn't give you a straight answer. No. And, and, and they, in, in mean, fairness to them. Protect their career, career tra trajectory, I don't know, getting sued, uh, I don't know. That's their shit, their thing. My thing is I just want answers. I don't want this to happen to anybody else. I want to be a good father for my, my son. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about where do you stand now? I, What's your, I mean, you, this happened how long ago? This happened in May of 2021. It's about 18 months ago. So you've been like this 18 months in various capacities. They say I, I, I got a good recovery. So it doesn't feel are you sliding down or are you sliding back? They say I'm sliding up, but you, it feels plateaued. And, and but it could resurface, I guess. Resurge, yeah. yeah with, yeah, because maybe, so, maybe they give me a code booster and then I go right back into a coma or well, paralysis, which is a very likely thing. Are they? Are you planning to get a booster? No, absolutely not. I would. I, would. I, I don't mind saying this right now. I'm. Uh, how do I say this? Because I kept getting different symptoms and they kept throwing different medications at me, and I, I started taking all these because they were doctors saying that. So now I'm like, no, because I don't know what is the Guillain-Barre and what's a symptom of the newest medication that they're throwing me. So I, in the past six months, I weaned myself off of all medication. Yeah, I'm in a lot of pain, a lot of pain right now. It's, my face is tightening up, but it's worth it. I'd rather know that these are the symptoms from Guillain-Barre and not so they can confuse and they can say that, oh, because brain fog. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling brain fog or this like pounding around my ears. And, and they're like, ah, oh, just brain fog from this medication. I'm like, well, okay, fine. Then I'm gonna wean myself off that one. So the past six months, I've weaned myself off of everything. It takes a lot for me even to take anything, but I'd rather know and associate what's Guillain-Barre and Guillain-Barre from vaccines and what's other things. So you've been going through this for 18 months, questionable as to whether you're going up or going down, but in your mind, you've plateaued. What does it say about uh, about your status uh, as a father, as a husband, as a, as a, as a, as a member of the community I mean, are, are you working right now yeah i'm i'm doing whatever it takes like so because you were i'm not yeah i'm no longer in the, the military i'm no right. longer actively serving which feels really weird not to put on a uniform anymore right. it's it's such a weird feeling and so my grad school is on hold my mba program which i'm going to finish 
if, it's, if it takes me 100 years, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, so life's so, on hold for you? Say again? Life's on hold for you? Yeah, everything is on hold because I'm, I'm here looking for answers. I, I, I'm in Minnesota, very blue. My friends are either uh, just great people, but they're hardworking. They're working 10, 12, whatever hours a day. And they're like, I don't know. I, I can't look at all this stuff. Some of them, you know, and now they don't even know how to approach me anymore. Yeah. They're like, oh, we can't go out and and, and drink or uh, or do this or do that or run marathons anymore. So, I mean, to, I wouldn't even know how to do it. You know, to accept a friend, but but yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna, I'll read medical journals, law journals. Like, I'm gonna understand everything. That's I'm gonna be cautious of anything people say now until I know it's the right move for me, for my son, for my family, for my community. Yeah, I'm not gonna take things at face value anymore. Well, Drew, I tell you what, you are the face of what's happening in this country in terms of the numbers of people who've experienced uh, injuries of this nature. Uh, yeah. So I appreciate you coming on board with us and telling your story. Um, yeah. Is there a, is there a website or information that you? Yeah, can give I, us? I don't have much because I don't know what I can talk about online. Uh, but on, I have a YouTube channel. I, I start my own business because I don't know what else to do. I, I need to be a benefit for good, a, a net benefit. So yeah, Savage Wealth Adventure. I'm, I just want to teach people to question things to take to get new skills whatever it takes education and just just yeah it's uh it's youtube savage wealth adventure there's only like seven videos on there i got 41 i think 42 now uh subscribers and it'll just it'll, it'll break down the timeline i had a local videographer just um he did a great job uh showing everything and uh there's not a lot of vaccine stuff in there because I, I didn't know what was allowed to post but it just it'll paint the story and then think for yourself That'll basically that's a good well i appreciate you coming on thank board. you so much thank you so much drew yeah god bless it, you this is worth the fatigue i'm gonna feel later but super thank you all right buddy thank you from all of us at the unity project thank you for listening to today's podcast we hope to continue producing content that amplifies voices strategies and resources Please keep in mind that the Unity Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that relies on the contributions of our generous supporters to fuel the work we do in this movement. If you value our efforts, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution today by visiting our website at www.unityproject.com and clicking the Donate button. We very much appreciate your continued support and confidence, without which our work wouldn't be possible.